Welcome to Shine KC. I'm your host, Tina Johnson, published author, small business entrepreneur, and domestic violence survivor. Hello, everyone, and as always, what an honor and a privilege it is to be able to come to you and bring awareness to domestic violence in the Kansas City area and abroad. What an absolute honor, especially being a domestic violence survivor. Today, I was talking to my husband about the subject matter I'd been studying for this week's podcast. And he asked the question, and I thought everyone knew the answer to this question, but not everyone does. So I just think this is such an important subject. He said, Tina, what is gaslighting? A term he has never heard prior, so I explained. Of course, once explained, he completely understood the tactic. It's the term gaslighting that threw him off. Gaslighting a term that became very popular after the 1944 film Gaslight, in which a husband slowly makes his wife think she is going crazy through a long game of deception and form of psychological abuse. It's a web of lies woven to break down one's partner's sense of self-worth and perception of what is real. Has anyone ever said something to you that made you question your own reality or thoughts or even memories? Refuse to listen to you or pretend to not understand your thoughts or ideas, feelings? Maybe trivializes your feelings. Use subtle phrases like, you are crazy and need help. You must work on that. You're just insecure and jealous. You're too sensitive and you are overreacting. Maybe that's what you heard in your head, but that's not what I said. It was a joke. I'm only joking. You're the problem here. It's not me. Let's break these down a little bit. You are crazy and need help. People who are gaslighting often play doctor to their victims. They would rather you question your own sanity So you believe that the problem is really you. So as far as the ones who need help, they will never have to take responsibility for changing their own ways of thinking and behaving because they are trying to convince you, you are crazy and need help. Let's keep breaking them down. You must work on that. Such phrases play with our emotional well-being. It's usually used when you react or behave in a way someone doesn't like. So they make you think that your behavior is problematic. However, the truth is that it's only problematic for the person because it doesn't fit into the box they want to keep you in. It's a way of asserting dominance over your mind making you think you're the one that has to work on whatever it is they're telling you need to work on. You're just insecure and jealous. That's their way of planting seeds of insecurity and doubt in your mind about your personality, 
your attractiveness. Boy, this happened to me all the time. This allows people to have control over you. Also, they do so to avoid suspicion and to continue to reap the benefits of multiple sources of attention and praise. You know, remember, if you listen to the narcissist podcast that I did about the red flags, narcissists always have to have almost a tribe of people around them of the of the opposite sex so that they have that constant attention and praise. They have to have multiple sources of it. You are too sensitive and overreacting. Such a phrase proves that the person gaslighting you doesn't even care about your emotions whatsoever. An abuser claiming that their victim is overreacting or oversensitive to emotional abuse is a popular way for people to override your certainty about the severity of the abuse you experienced. Maybe that's what you've heard in your head, but that's not what I said. This was a staple and a constant with my abuser, constantly. I'm making things up in my head. I know what I heard, but it twisted so many times. That's not what he said. This phrase denies your reality, your feelings, and asserts such domineering control over you. By saying this, the other person makes it clear that they haven't done or said anything wrong and that you're making it all up in your head. This one I hear way too often and happens publicly as well. It's, it was a joke. I'm only kidding. Stop. I'm only kidding. It was a joke. Disgusting, cruel remarks, negative comments, saying you're just joking is a popular tactic of people gaslighting you. They can engage in an act of name-calling, taunting, belittling, and contempt while escaping the responsibility of having to tell you they are sorry. And they discredit you to others to alienate people against you. Because in reality, the abuser has probably told you you should not trust them anyway. That was an all too familiar phrase for so many years in my life with my abuser. You are the problem here, not me. It's common for abusive partners to call their victims narcissists and abusers. Oh my word, did this happen? And dump all their own qualities and behaviors into and onto their victim. This is a way for them to gaslight their victim into believing that it is their fault. They are the ones at fault. Everything that they have done, they say you have done. And it's so crazy. This happened to me so many times. And that's when I started thinking, surely people would not think I would 
feed on anyone, surely people would not think I would say that to anyone and, and, and defame the name of my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, like that. It's amazing to me that my abuser was able to put in my own mind that I was that narcissist or I was that abuser and I was the one behaving that way when it truly was not. It was him. And then those sporadic positive reinforcements he would give me just to confuse me even more. So after all of this gaslighting, then all of a sudden I'm the queen bee and I'm this wonderful person. And it just confused me more and more and more. Gaslighting is an evil, evil, evil thing. When you're black and blue, you can point to those physical marks and you can tell somebody and they will believe you. This is happening to me. But when someone is undermining your reality, you only have a feeling that something's wrong. Then you start pointing the finger at yourself like I did something wrong. Abusers wear down their partners to gain control. Their victims become hopeless and mainly and sadly give up on themselves. In my personal situation, I was either defending myself or so broken down and confused, I just started agreeing with him like thinking he was right. It was almost like a defense mechanism to keep some sense of peace in my home. My abuser slowly isolated me from my own reality. He even convinced me that his affairs were my fault because my legs were so short. He married a 5'4 female. I'm not gonna have long legs. But he convinced me that I should apologize to him because my legs were short and he liked tall women. To the average person, that seems ridiculous. To me today, that seems unheard of and ridiculous. But at the peak of gaslighting or emotional abuse, your sense of reason and emotional intelligence, the ability to utilize emotions and the ability to recognize emotions are not correlated with each other. I want to take a brief moment to say victims of domestic violence are not in any way unintelligent. This is not at all what I'm saying. As a matter of fact, most narcissistic abusers love to find bright, strong, career-minded women and catch them off guard. My EQ or my emotional intelligence is quite high at this point in my life. But I'd bet if I took a test 20 plus years ago prior to healing from domestic violence, I would have a low score simply because of the situation I was in. At this point, a question ought to be asked about the cause and effect relationship. Is lower emotional intelligence in women experiencing domestic violence a cause or effect of experienced violence? One attempt at answering that question may lead to skills making up emotional intelligence have been disturbed or damaged due to the experienced 
domestic violence. A cause and effect issue. Emotional intelligence can be used in many different ways in your daily life. Some different ways to practice emotional intelligence include being able to accept criticism and responsibility, being able to move on after making a mistake, being able to say no when you need to, or setting those personal boundaries that I speak so highly of. They're so important, those personal boundaries. Being able to share your feelings with others. I'll hit on this subject a little bit more in my next podcast, Spiritual Abuse of the Church. You'll want to tune in for that one. Being able to solve problems in ways that work for everyone. Having empathy for other people. Having great listening skills. Putting a why to do the things you do. Not being judgmental of others or feelings like you don't measure up to others. I know I felt like that for a long time in my relationship, that I was second class. I was even second class to my peers. Uh, uh, I felt like God looked at me as a second class person. My emotional intelligence due to that cause and effect domestic violence situation was in the tank. And it's something that I have worked on through this last 20 years of being a survivor. But until you're out of that situation, it is a hard thing to do and to grasp. So to sum up, gaslighting is basically in simple terms, a form of emotional and psychological abuse that can build up over time. It starts subtly and the abuser realizes Oh, this worked. It may seem like a harmless misunderstanding at first, but over time, the abuser's behavior will continue. There are still times in my life that I question my abilities or my strengths or even my worthiness to minister or even have a platform such as a podcast. I look to God. I chat with my family my friends in my support system, they always remind me of my purpose. And that's a healthy way to coach yourself and to um, help yourself gain more emotional intelligence. There is freedom after gaslighting. That begs repeating. My brother or sister domestic violence victim or survivor There is freedom after gaslighting. Another way to free yourself of gaslighting is to begin moving forward from negative self-talk to positive self-talk and make yourself do it because it won't come naturally. I know what I had to do for, I'm not kidding you, years, and I still use it today. The Bible talks about whatsoever things are true in uh, the book of Philippians. Well, I stop at true. I don't even go on to the rest of that Bible verse because for so long, my reality was skewed. And so now 
when something comes up in my mind or in my head, I think whatsoever things are true. And I evaluate the truth in that situation. I also started with another simple Bible verse. I love the truth of scripture. I would tell myself, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. You know, Psalms 139.14 is the verse that I used. Yet another reason to praise the Lord. His works are marvelous. And that my soul knows right well. I, Tina Johnson, am fearfully and wonderfully made. And so are you. Something I want you to remember, those who love and support a domestic violence victim. Domestic violence victims experience anxiety, suffering, helplessness, dispiritedness, and their spirits are literally shattered and despair. Not just discouragement like you and I face today or have a bad day, but they experience despair, the complete loss or absence of hope. Their bodies and psyches suffer acute injuries and are subject to the processes of damaging stress and threat on a constant day in and day out basis. In conclusion, for those listening who are on social media, I'm sure you've seen the term gaslighting thrown around here and there. For those who experience gaslighting like me, you know full well what it is. But for those who don't yet know it's your reality, I'm so thankful you're listening today. If something struck a realistic chord with you today, I urge you to call your local or the National Domestic Violence Hotline at 800-799-7233. There are people like me who want to help you because there is life after domestic violence and I am living proof. Bye-bye for now.